Welcome to Athletes Doing Good Podcast, sponsored by Robert Hack Diamonds. I'm Shelley Seward, president of Capture Sports Marketing. And I'm sports reporter, Jen Latta. On today's episode, we welcome former Southern Methodist University star and current member of the Boston Celtics, Semi Ojale. Ojale was a former player of the year at SMU before entering the NBA draft in 2017 and being selected by the Boston Celtics. I was going to try to pronounce your full name <laughs> and there's just no uh, way, but I would I'm, love to hear what I'm, it is. I might have to, uh, I might have to hear you uh, try to pronounce the ones just for, <laughs> just for giggles right here. All right. Um, Jesus Malor. That's, that's, that's actually really good. Yeah. Jesus Malor. That was good. Thank that was really you. Okay. Good. But last name, I'm not even going to go there. Oh, that's, that's not bad. Just, just we just say Ojale. I mean Ojale, but just say Ojale. And okay. Yeah. All right. Then it wasn't so bad. No, that was that was good. You no, you underestimated yourself. Well, thank you. What <laughs> um is there a meaning behind the name? Yeah. Um. So my first name is a gift, and my um my middle name is who is like Jesus. So, um, my parents like spared no expense when when making sure our names had had deep meaning. So I appreciate that a lot, a lot. That is awesome. That is awesome. But I often, I often say my, my real name, given name is Rochelle um, and is spelled Shelly with a CH. So I, you know, individuals look at it and I always say, you know, my kids, when I had them, I was like, they're not going to have nicknames. Like their, their name is, so they're Cole and Cade, like (laughs) that's it so that we have it. So it's, it's been fun, but (laughs) Can you tell me a little bit about growing up? Um, some of the things that you love to do, clearly basketball. Um, yeah. but, but is there other things in life that um, you love to do? So growing up, sports was the main thing. I actually was playing soccer most of the time growing up. That was like the first sport I fell in love with. I'm really just trying to keep up with my brother, uh, Victor, who's six years older than me. And whatever Whatever he was playing, I was playing. So we'd be in the bat in the in the driveway playing basketball or kicking around in a soccer ball, throwing a football around. And so I kind of just bounced around from sport to sport, um, growing up trying to be outside. And then when I wasn't outside, um, I was inside trying to get the latest video game and, and compete against him again. So um, a lot of it revolved around you know that 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 uh, sibling rivalry and just trying to spend time together and. Um, those two things were really what took up uh, a lot of my time as a as a kid. That is awesome. So, what position did you play in soccer? Oh, I was a I was a forward. Scored a couple of goals. I mean, I think I was probably naturally better at, at soccer, but I just didn't. For some reason, basketball just took my passion. Like that was what I really loved. So um, that's what I wanted to do. But in soccer, the funny thing is, although I was a forward, I always wanted to be a, a goalkeeper because I don't know, maybe because of the basketball thing. That was the only time you could touch with your hands, but. Uh, yeah, that was that's what I was at. So you went to Duke originally. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, what was it like, uh, you know, playing for Coach K and you know Duke? Because you you hear so much about Duke. Yeah, yeah, it was like first, um, like I, I like I I didn't have like big time offers when I was in high school. Like I was kind of working my way up slowly and and getting better and kind of trying to figure out if I could play at the division one level and then you know i was i think it was my junior year and duke finally 
came around and they're like, yeah, we're going to start recruiting you. And, um, decided to, uh, to offer me to, to visit up there. And then when the visit, um, got done, coach, coach called and he's like, yeah, I'm going to offer you a scholarship. And I'm like, this is crazy. Like, this is coach K like USA team and, and all this stuff. And I'm like, this is like, like Mike successfully, like this is wild. And, um, right away I knew like, I don't think I could let this, this go to, go to waste. So I had to, had to take the offer and went and played for him. And it was crazy because every day it was like you're sitting in front of a legend, just learning from someone who has so much experience. So um, something that I value for the rest of my life. And and the best thing about him was how he motivated us. Like he just had so much experience from his time um, at West Point, from his time um, with all the players that he coached and with the USA team and all of that knowledge. Like we just got to soak up. So it was, it was incredible. Well, I think, you know, from, for those that don't know, from Duke, you went to, you know, SMU and um, your basketball accolades speak for themselves. But I think one of the things, particularly with, with this podcast, Athletes Doing Good, that stood out to me was your all-state good works team for your efforts off the court while in college. What kind of things were you doing and really what motivated you to give back off the court? Well, I think it was the the realization that basketball was really like temporary and, and finite in a, in the time of my life when like I was, you know, supposed to be like playing every day and in games, like I, I wasn't playing, you know, obviously um, when I was at Duke, like I, I left there because I couldn't really get my, my feet on the ground as far as, as playing time and figuring out how to, how to be at my best. And then I got to SMU, I had to sit out um, because I was a rule then and then ended up sitting out again because we, we got into some trouble as a, as a team, um, with academics, so I'm like, you know, two, two and a half years of, of not really getting to play. And uh, during that time, I'm like, man, I need to do something. I feel like I have no, no purpose, no, no real uh, reason for, for just being here. So in that time, I, I found one, one of the main places was City Square. There's another organization called Brighter Bites where we um, went around and was kind of a, a mobile food bank. But City Square is where I spent most of my time. And uh, it was one, uh, one, a food bank and two, also a homeless shelter. And the work they already established there was phenomenal. And what they're doing is, is great. I can't, can't say enough about it. Um, not only allowing the homeless people to work there and give them a job while they're helping others, but, but two, just serving the community um, and creating a, like a, a family in there of sorts where we, you know, you start seeing the same people every day and you're serving each other and, and lifting each other up. So that was, that was great for me because it, it took my mind off of my small world and, and got me to realize that, you know, there's so much more life outside of, of basketball. I think, you know, one of the common threads that, that we've seen now doing this podcast for, for almost a year is so often the athletes give back, hoping to make an impact when in reality they themselves are impacted the most. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. And is, was there some time when you were volunteering that, or some person that just stands out to you that, you know, if, if you would see them again, the smile on your face um, would just light up? I'd probably say, well, this, this isn't a, a volunteering of sorts. Um, back pre-COVID, we had fans, um, you know, there'd, there'd be a lot of, of kids that would come to the game that, you know, had a, a a tough set of circumstances. Um, some would be special needs. Others would be part of, you know, the Make-A-Wish Foundation, and they'd get to come see the Celtics play, and it would light up their day. 
And the funny thing is like every time that happened, like it would remind us that man, like what we get to do is really special, not only because of, uh, you know, the, the level that we're at, but because it's special to someone else. And, uh, two of the kids that, that stood out to me that I always remember are, uh, Brookie and, and Grady. So I wrote their names on my shoe. And when I met both of them, Brookie, a, a little girl, um, and, and Grady, a little boy, um, when I met both of them, they changed my day. Like they were there to watch us and Brookie was in a little chair and, and, uh, <laughs> as soon as she saw me, she, she started to light up and, and Grady had, we exchanged wristbands and, and had a little talk. And, um, as soon as I met them it was one of those moments where I was like, wow, like now every time I, I lace up my shoes, like, I need to remember them because regardless of whether I played that game or didn't play or how many shots we hit or win or lost, like they, they were still smiling, enjoying themselves. And I think we can all take a, a lesson from, from people like that. I want to tell you a little bit about today's episode sponsor, Robert Hack Diamonds. For more than 72 years, Robert Hack Diamonds has been Wisconsin's most trusted and respected name known for diamond engagement rings, wedding rings, and custom jewelry. With a commitment to customer service, Robert Hack Diamonds applies the highest level of professionalism and expertise while guiding you in your search for an expertly crafted, stunningly beautiful diamond. For store locations or to shop online, visit roberthackdiamonds.com. So now that you're with the Celtics, has there been opportunities that you have seen or that you have been a part of, like you just talked with Make-A-Wish, that have made you realize the true platform that you have. Yeah, like you, like you're saying with Make a Wish one and and two, probably just with the amount of schools and nonprofits around Boston, we've been able to go and see and and have an impact on the number of kids that that watch us, the number of kids that look up to us, and the number of people that just by simply saying hi to them or signing something or going to their school, um, going to their center. Um, we can make them smile just by doing that, just by giving our time, like nothing else. Purely just our presence can lift someone up or by visiting uh, you know, the the local hospital like like we've done before. I think it's something that we don't realize we have that that impact. And it's not something that we have to necessarily um, even try to do. It's just, just putting in that effort and, and nothing else. And it's crazy because I think growing up, you don't realize that when you get to the NBA or – make it that far that you're going to have that impact. Like you get here and you're like, wow, like that's, that's all I have to do. Just being here can really help someone out. Absolutely. So when you were playing basketball on that driveway with your brother mm-hmm. in the competition, was, was the NBA the end all goal for you? Uh, I think back then I was, I was just trying to beat him. Uh, <laughs> fair. That's fair. I was like, that, that was my NBA. If I could, if I could uh, beat him one-on-one, um, I was set. Um, he definitely inspired me and um, we would, you know, watch our favorite players and watch little Mike Dorn um, documentaries and watch Kobe play back then. And um, that was that was really it. The NBA was just something that, you know, if it happened, it happened. And if not, I just enjoyed the game. So when you see each other still today, is there still the competition? Yeah, for sure. For sure. Um, now he's um, he doesn't play as much and he's not as, as big as me. He doesn't work out as much. So he's trying to beat me when we're when we're gaming and whatnot. But we still talk about it. And I'm like, I'm like, I don't, I don't, it's been a while since you beat me. I don't think it's ever going to happen again. So I don't think he likes that too much. But uh, 
No, no, I, we were actually talking about competition with our siblings in the office earlier today. And uh, one of the women was like, I'm not going to lie at Mother's Day. Like my brother and I just busted out who could race up the stairs the fastest. <laughs> and she's like, you're never going to you're never going to lose that competition with your with your siblings if you had it. Right. Right. For sure. It never goes away. It never goes away. You know, that's that's part of it. If you could go back and think about when you were in college, whether at Duke or SMU, and the opportunities that you had to serve, what would you tell others that are starting that college process about going out into your community? Oh, I'd say that you shouldn't underestimate the impact. Like you said, that it has not only on the people that you're serving, but on you. Um, just it changes your perspective. I think during that time of your life, you're trying to figure yourself out. Um, I mean, for your whole life, you're always trying to to figure things out and, and things are happening that you don't expect. But um, especially during college, it's it's high pressure and um, it's it's one of those pivotal times in your life. And I think it just gives you that perspective that you need to really have in order to to get to that next that next step would be one thing. And then the second would be to not not necessarily try to um, do everything, but whatever you do, just be present, um, give it your full attention and, and really be there. And I think the, the quality is often better than, than trying to be everywhere because sometimes, like like you know, in college, the time it gets to be short or maybe just because, you know, poor time management, that was me. But but either way, <laughs> either way, um, the, the best thing that I could tell them is just to, to be present and be there and you'll have that, that great impact. I love that. I love that advice. Um, that's that's what I'm giving to my son. I'll tell you that um, because it's it's so true. It's it's that learning of kind of adulting and trying mm-hmm. to figure that out and learning the time management, mm-hmm. but not but not forgetting the impact that you can have. Right, right. Um, and, you know, I love that you were honored for not only what you're doing on the court, because clearly you're super successful. You're in the NBA, but the recognition that was given to you at the collegiate level, as well as at the NBA for the person that you are and for giving back to the community, that speaks volumes. No, I appreciate it. It's been, um, like I said, I, I've been blessed to have um, great people around me to, to even help me find those opportunities as well. Um, the Celtics, I mean, they, they do such a such a great job of always pointing us in the right direction because we don't know the I, I came I didn't know the city I didn't know where to to get involved and where I could help so um that's been great. When your basketball career is over, what do you want people to remember you for? Oh, uh, really that I use it as a vehicle to to help others. Um, people do remember your stats or this or that, but more often than that, I think they remember how you made them feel, and I think that's um way more off the court than anything else. I mean, your play can definitely inspire, but I think if you treat people the right way and if you're trying to represent your city and your team and your family the right way, then I think that goes a lot further than anything you ever do on the court. Couldn't agree more. Couldn't agree more. Well, your parents named you appropriately. I love, I love the meaning and I love what you're continuing to do continue to have that impact and don't ever underestimate what you can do in this world. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate it. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of Athletes Doing Good, sponsored by Robert Hack Diamonds. Go to CaptureSportsMarketing.com to listen to our other interviews 
and to hear stories about the person behind the player and the people behind the team who are making an impact on others.